Welcome, folks, to the best show in junior hockey, the only podcast willing to go find a story, to go ask the tough questions like, hey, coach, how are you doing? Or, hey, coach, talk about last week's game. You know, the questions that everyone really wants to know. And a man who's not afraid to ask the tough questions like, hey, Lucas, did you order that pizza? It's Dan K. Dan, welcome to the show. Lucas, what's going on, man? I'm going to tell you, I'm about 20 coffees deep right now, so I apologize for this coffee review today because it's going to be caffeine heavy. I'm going to be all over the caffeination population of the coffee that I talk about because I had to caffeinate myself because I needed the energy and I needed the excitement to really grasp how pumped I am for today's guest because, Lucas, we don't agree all the time on the game of hockey, but th- today's guest This is a guy we can agree on. The work he does on the ice, behind the bench, the professionalism of his organizations, the the absolute growth and development in each and every athlete that touches the ice playing for this gentleman behind the bench. Lucas, I've always been a skipjacks guy. People know that. I've been behind the skipjacks since they chirped me five years ago because we didn't put them high enough in the power rankings and then proved me wrong. I've loved those guys ever since. And you've been a Rockets guy, Lucas. You're basically like Mr. Rockets Hockey Club. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm a huge fan of this team. I'm, you know, I lived in New Brunswick for, for the first uh, few years we did the show. So I was right around the corner. got to watch a bunch of games. And I've always had a soft spot for the boys from Bridgewater. They're like my home team. And they really are. But this now, this home team with Coach Jason Kersner, our guest today, is taking steps – not, not just steps, but leaps. Not just leaps, but bounds. They are soaring right now, ladies and gentlemen. This might be the team to watch in junior hockey in 2020-2021. Coach Jason Kersner, our guest. Coach, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you, guys, and I uh, appreciate you inviting me on. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you being here late with us. I, I know for me, I, I wind up falling asleep on the couch by about 8.30 trying to watch late night games half the time. But that's why I run on a lot of coffee. So we appreciate you being here. What we're going to do, we're going to do our business first. And then, folks, we're going to get back with Coach here. And we're going to talk all things Rockets Hockey Club, Skipjacks Hockey Club, the big season ahead, the offseason, everything you can think of we will talk with Coach about. But first, we pay those bills. As we know, Lucas is our brewery connoisseur, our savant when it comes to the bubbly stuff. And for the parents at home, Lucas, going on their trips, going around the country, following their kids, what should the parents be cracking open to, to take, a little, take a little relaxation time at the end of the day? Well, now that Jersey is back open for hockey business, it is, you know, it's back to the rinks. And And unfortunately, not every parent that wants to be there can be there because of some uh, capacity limits. So what do we do? We encourage the folks to watch the game on hockey TV. And what's the best way to enjoy a a sport? It's with some local craft beer to support the industry. As always, I picked a spot that's local to our team. And that spot is Jersey Cyclone Brewery in Somerset. Uh, Just three short exits down 287 South if you're starting from Bridgewater to get off that New Brunswick exit 10, and it's about two minutes off the highway. Uh, Jersey Cyclone is a huge favorite of mine, and I am reviewing today their Eye of the Storm series. Their Eye of the Storm is an IPA that's dry hopped. They have one with Mosaic, which is the one that I'm drinking. They also have one with Citra Hops, which is their their other variety. Uh, Taking a sip here. And the, the mosaic dry hop is such a fresh hop. It's such a flavor, uh, flavorful hop. You can really get everything that I think the mosaic has to offer here. It's definitely a crisp beer. It definitely has a stronger flavor than you might be used to, but I think that's okay. I think the mosaic uh, really works here. I think it complements that malt profile well. Um, it's sometimes a little tropical, but it's, it's a lot of non-citrus character as well. A little bit of mango little bit of that pale ale flavor. Um, if you're more of the fruity fan, go for the Eye of the Storm Citra. Uh, Citra, the citrus flavors in the name, that's your more fruity, your, your orange, your lemon, your lime. Um, so it's really up to you whether you want that piney flavor with the mosaic or the fruity flavor with the citra. Coolest cans ever too, Lucas. The art in the cans are pretty incredible. That's a great brewery down there, Jersey Cyclone. That's Dan K approved as well. Could you give us a score for it? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes vacillate between being burned out on IPAs and really enjoying them. This one's caught me on a good day. Uh, I really enjoy this beer. Uh, I give this a 7.5. I think this is a great beer Ooh. to share, great beer to pick up. One other note, Jersey Cyclone currently doing mixed packs. So if you can't decide or you want to try out the scope of what they have to offer, you can order their mixed packs online. They're about 90 bucks for uh, 24 beers, 16 ounces, not your standard 12s. Um, and it's a great little mix and match of what they have. I'll tell you, I, I got a coffee here that's a Lucas Jones gift special, I'd say we call it, a Lucas Jones gift special. Lucas dropped this off for me. Uh, this is from Ari's Coffee Roastery. I hope I'm saying that right. I hope this isn't a Rerudo situation from uh, Billy Madison where he couldn't <laughs> write the Z. But this is a Kauai blend. This is, this is Hawaii, right? This is, this is Kauai. It's earthy. So I drink a lot of coffee, folks. So if, if you're looking... If you're somebody who just has a cup every couple days or a cup once in a while when you're looking for energy and you're looking for a good taste, hey, stay away from the earthy blends. But when you're like me and you're just you're kind of knee deep in the coffee industry, that earth that earthy taste once in a while, you know, really that that grounding taste. This is a good late night cup of joe here. This is the kind of one that'll get you through till bedtime if you're trying to stay up for some of these late night games in the World Series or when hockey rolls back around when you're trying to catch that West Coast game to follow your fantasy team, or when you're at a showcase and you got that, that darn 10.30 p.m. Eastern time <laughs> start at the Nessic. If you got you to stay up for it. This is a good cup of coffee to have. I give this an 8.6, Lucas. This is a Ooh. coffee drinker's coffee, and I'm giving this thing an 8.6. And with that, let's go to a coach that we give a 10 out of 10 for his start this season. It's time for the free skate. And coach, the first thing I got to do, welcoming you in, is just, I know I kind of asked you on the broadcast about it, but how did this roster come together? How did you get so much talent this offseason? Well, appreciate uh, all the uh, kind feedback on, on our start. Um, but um, obviously, as you know, it's only been six games and we haven't had a chance to test ourselves against everyone in the league. And we know that there'll be a lot of challenges coming up uh, throughout the year, but obviously we are very excited about the start that we've had and um, the group of players that we have. And as we talked about the other night, I think obviously some, some prior relationships uh, were a big part of that. I think, um, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, there's probably eight to 10 guys uh, at a quick glance here that had previous ties to us at the skipjacks. So, um, as you guys know, I'm going to tell you recruiting is, is, has so much to do with relationships. So, um, you know, just, just having been in this league, um, obviously at the, at the younger levels, um, you know, and, and, and having an opportunity to work with some really good guys, uh, we were able to put it together probably just a little bit faster than, you know, in, in a normal, maybe turnaround case would have been. And now coach, I mean, you talk about those relationships, right? And, it's so easy to say that it's, you know, it's about relationships. It helps with the recruiting process, but it shows just how successful you are and just how much those guys trust you on your bench who are playing for your squad to see that they kind of, they follow you through the ranks, how those relationships grow throughout their careers, as well as your career behind the bench. Can you kind of talk about, I mean, what's your style? What, what keeps these guys with you? What, what kind of coach are you that, that players coach? Are you, a little bit more of a, an authoritarian type behind the bench. What, what is your style behind the bench? Well, I think you actually, uh, you, you must've been reading my uh, coaching philosophy. You, you, uh, you nailed it pretty good. Um, the foundation of leadership is building trust. So um, and I, I think it's how you go about doing that is, is really important. And um, you know, I, for me, um, you, you know, connection is a really big part of that. Um, so Yes, building trust, and I think that is a, a two-way street, and it's, it, it has to be worked at really hard. It takes a lot of time, but that's, that's our job as leaders. Um, and then to your second point, um, you know, if, if the foundation is building trust, the, the goal is to achieve results. Um, so it, it's, it's great to have a very trusting relationship, but if we're not um, achieving results, and, and we get to define those, what those are, um, you know, at this level, it's obviously a little bit more um, about wins and losses than it is at the youth level. Um, at the youth level, it's much more about um, just the, the, the development process and achieving results and, and helping guys get to the next level. Um, and here at this level, there's a combination of that. We, we, yes, we are trying to win a championship and win games, uh, but this is a developmental league and we need to make guys better. And this is 
Uh, we want to be a destination at the tier two level here at the Rockets, but this is not the ultimate destination of the players. This is meant to be a stepping stone to college hockey and, and maybe even beyond for those guys. So um, foundation, build trust, goal, achieve results. Now, Coach, you talk about talk about wins. You use that big win word, right? We talk about development. We talk about – I'm always a believer that those things are tied together, right? I think as athletes, as we win, a lot of times we develop through that, right? And losses develop our character as we kind of go through our career. But that winning mentality is something that, that truly can kind of get instilled in you, where you, you stop accepting losses, right? How many times do we see an organization lose at the, at the professional level? And it becomes kind of just, it, it's a toxic, right? It's toxicity. It continues through the organization. So you guys are starting this season. You're winning games. Obviously, you haven't had a chance to play everybody yet. But how important is that balance between kind of reminding the guys you haven't played everybody yet, but also the, the importance of putting wins under your belt, having the guys get used to seeing what it's like to win game in and game out? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, for us, um, you know, we don't really care about our record here in October and, and really could care less about the talk around, uh, you know, the league if, <laughs> if we're, you know, this good or that good or whatever. Um, you know, we just want to go about our business and try to be the best we can be, especially at this time of year. And um, for us, it's really right now, we're still, again, as you mentioned, I mean, it's a it's a new program for me and it's a lot of new players and a lot of players that are new to the Rockets. So um, whether we're young or old, I, I don't know how we stack up age wise, but we feel like we're a new group in terms of coming together. Um, so for us, it's really just about trying to establish our championship culture and our on ice identity. And, and those are really the things. Cause I, I mean, I do think, um, you know, from an on ice perspective, um, it's your identity that carries you uh, later in the year when the games get tight, when the games are close, the teams that can stick to their identity are often the ones that don't crack first. So, um, and we're still trying to work on what our on ice identity is. We've obviously made some really good strides, but we're not there yet. Um, but even more importantly, way before we get to the on ice, um, we're just trying to build our championship culture and what our vision is, what our core values are and what our standards are. And when we can go about those things and put those in and live the right way. Um, again, you've, you must've had a sneak peek through my, uh, through my diary professional is <laughs> a big part of what we're trying to do. And, um, we want to be known as professionals. I think everybody admires a professional at work, no matter what he's doing. Um, so professionalism is certainly a big part of our vision and where we want to try to go. Um, and we're making strides, but again, it championship culture on ice identity. Those are the things that we're really just trying to build upon on a daily basis. Uh, the, the good thing, Coach, is when, when a program's doing it right, like no one has to look at Bill Belichick's Patriots team at any point in the last 20 years and wonder what his coaching style is, right? It, when you're doing it right, when you're building and instilling a culture into your athletes on the ice, on the field, on, on, the, on the diamond, you know, wherever you are, it, it shows because it starts to radiate through the building. You start to feel it when you walk in the door. It's a different feel right now in Bridgewater. And it was always winning teams, fast hockey, a lot of scoring. And this year, it seems like it's, it's coming from everywhere. And the game is really balanced in that building with this NCDC squad. And one place that always makes it easier to start is start working from the net out, right? And you look at Aiden Harper in net for you guys. This is a, a guy with ties to you going back before this Rockets run. Now, can you talk a little bit about Aiden Harper and just, I mean, we, we've really loved seeing what he can do between the pipes when he's on. Well, that's how you win in any uh, good league. Let's face it. <laughs> if your goal is really good, you have a chance to win games. Um, and, and obviously when he's playing really well, it gives the team confidence. And I think obviously when we were lucky to, to get him here to play for us this year, and, and that gives us a, a huge boost, right? And especially as we're talking about as a new team putting together, I mean, we're making mistakes and he's, he's bailed us out quite, quite a, a few times. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I, oftentimes I think it takes a goalie um, a little time at the start of the year to get comfortable um, because, you know, in the, in the off season, they're working on, you know, their conditioning, their skating, their hands, things like that. Um, but they don't really get to see, you know, traffic and game situations uh, and things like that. So it's pretty impressive for him to be able to come in here, uh, you know, especially, you know, his last game being in, you know, January or February, whenever his last game was, to be able to come in and be playing at such a high level early, I think speaks volumes to him. 
Um, so we're excited. And, and, and to be honest with you, we're really excited about the tandem. We have another, we have an O2, a very young goalie um, who played for the Chicago mission last year, Matt O'Donnell, who's here and played for us in our last game against Philadelphia, who played a great game. So um, we feel, you know, obviously Aiden has, is a little bit older and has a little bit more junior experience. And um, as, as you and I talked about when you did our game the other night, um, it's not just how good he is. It's how he goes about it. And calm breeds calm. And he, feeds a lot of that into our team and, and allows us to be patient with how, how we need to play the game and play the game the right way. Um, but we're obviously really excited about both of our goalies. And that's it. I mean, to the young goaltenders, netminders at home, their parents listening to us. I mean, you don't see many folks at that next level in, in the NHL or in division one playing the net mining position who kind of, are out of their heads, right? Who are, who have that, or two up, two down. There's a lot of calm there. There's a, you look at the, the greats, the Henrik Lundqvist, the Marty Brodeurs, right? You look at the flash and the pan guys, the guys with the big personalities, the, the Rick DiPietro's and the Ilya Berzgalov's who made it, who had success, who were good. It's just, it's hard to, it's a tough position to maintain when it goes bad. If you are high and low, that, that calm mentality really breeds success. And, Coach, we're seeing that from you behind the bench, and that's something that is going to be the final question I ask before we get into the Q&A. I let Lucas talk for a little bit. Your demeanor behind the bench, it's, it's really – you have control of the game, it seems, right? The game, the, the game doesn't seem to get away, and, and we saw it this weekend. We saw it when we were out in New England watching you guys play. Can you talk about kind of what are you trying to output for your guys when you're, you're behind the bench? I mean, what, what's, your, what's your strategy once the game gets going to puck drops? First and foremost, uh, players win games and coaches win practice. So <laughs> I have a role in, uh, in, 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 in the game, but it's much, much smaller than the guys that are actually out there uh, competing. Um, so, and, and again, it's back to, again, just we, we want to be um, a, a, a professional and a mentally tough team. And I'm not sure me, um, you know, hootering and hollering and bothering the players helps them stay focused on their task. They have a lot to do during a game. And it's a, as you know, this league is very physically demanding, but also mentally demanding to be uh, focused on tasks. So uh, my job is to help them be at their best and not creating distractions. There's enough noise going around in the ranks, maybe this year, a little bit less with less spectators. So, um, but, but certainly don't want to be adding to the noise and do anything I can to just help them stay calm and stay focused on what's important now. Yeah, the biggest thing you're going to have to compete with is me screaming on a microphone in some of these empty rinks. I'm starting to realize that I, I kind of reverberate a little bit more off these walls with nobody in the building. So uh, we're gonna, I'm going to try to try to bring it down a little bit. But I'm too excited, Lucas. we got to keep talking. I'm stealing all the spotlight from Lucas. It's time for our Q&A session. Lucas, I'm going to let you start this off before I wind up getting, getting too many questions in my head and jump back in. Thanks, Dan. And, you know, the, the first thing I always like to, to start off the question and answer session with is sort of a disclaimer, and it's, it's for you, Coach. And anytime we ask a question, which I'm, I'm going to ask about, you know, the, the strategies and the different things you use, we never want you to give away the farm. Don't feel like you have to give away more than you're comfortable with because your team is, is doing quite well. And I don't want to get blamed if other teams all of a sudden start scouting you uh, a little bit better because of the podcast. Uh, but I think I want to start with this idea of not first year coach, first year with this squad. Um, many parents, players, some some other coaches that are that are out there may not realize exactly what that is like to try to jump into an NCDC team um, and and get your team underneath your uh, tutelage sort of up and running, uh, and in a season like no other, nonetheless. Um, so talk about what it was like for you to come into the NCDC in your first season and try to get this team together over the summer. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely challenging. I mean, as you know, there's a, a lot of teams that are really good in this league and have had a lot of success um, in building teams and, you know, hitmen right up the road. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of our former players that have played for the junior Bruins. Mike Anderson does an amazing job of, of recruiting talent at this level. Um, and, you know, when you're trying to build teams at this level, players have options. Um, so, you know, they obviously they can choose with, you know, if they're free agent teams within our league, but, you know, the, the North American League and teams in Canada, there's there's a lot of options for players. Um, and, you know, I think it's really impressive when you see how teams in this league are 
built knowing that players have options and what an amazing job that the previous coaches and general managers have done to keep that talent in this league. Um, these people work hard and they know what they're talking about. So it, it, it's not easy. And then even, you know, I'm not the only new coach uh, in the league, Philadelphia hockey club, obviously they're taking over uh, the bandits, but it's a totally, you know, geography is totally different and they bring in a staff, um, you know, from Canada. And that that's another challenge for those guys just coming here and trying to learn the league um, Boston advantage come in. Um, and, and I, I, we haven't seen the advantage yet, but I know Timmy and Joe level very well. And I know how good they'll be and how competitive they'll be and how well connected they are in terms of, and, and, and their success in recruiting and how they've done at the, you know, at the midget level and, and, and a little bit in the North American league and stuff like that. So, um, and we've seen Philly hockey club a lot and we've been on the, the winning end of those games, but I have a lot of respect for what they're doing there. Um, I, I find them to be a very well coached team, very organized team, and they compete really hard. So, um, you know, we, we've been able to win the games, but they've been tight games. Um, and I think just we, we, you know, so far have been on the on the front side, but but they'll, any other game that we play against them, they're going to be competitive, tough games. So it was it was a challenge. Um, like I said, you know, we've had the you know, maybe luck to, to have worked with a lot of these guys in the past. So um, having those prior relationships sped up the process, I think of, of getting them here and, and getting them together. Um, so we're, we're off to a good start. Yeah, I, I'll say, I mean, and, and, you know, having Dan and I've had the, the sort of the benefit of, of watching a couple of games in person, let alone the games we get to watch on hockey TV. And, you know, it just seems like a, such a complete team from front to back this year. Um, one of the interesting things I think Dan and I noted, especially in the last game against the Philadelphia hockey club was how well your team plays in front of the net, how well your team manages that sort of strong side, weak side dynamic and how incredible the, the on ice awareness is of, of where they are, where the puck is, and more importantly, where they need to be. Um, so I was hoping you could kind of run us through maybe if not some of the things you worked on, but maybe how you, um, how you sort of developed this, this attack on the offensive side of the ice. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. There's obviously a, a nice combination there. I mean, first and foremost, we, we do have a lot of talent, uh, you know, offensively and, and certainly with the forwards, but the, the defensemen too are a part of that. And, and we really do, you know, for us, we call, we like to call them offensemen. <laughs> and I think it's important that they be, uh, you know, a big part of the attack. We do like to play in fives in, in, in all three zones and have everybody be a part of it. Um, so, uh, you know, first and foremost, the, the answer to your question is we have really good players. Um, but then, yeah, yeah, I mean, there is, there's definitely some organization and some structure that is a part of our offense. And I do think um, this is just my own personal belief that, uh, you know, you can, you can have a plan and not be stifling creativity. Um, I, I think that having an offensive identity and a plan as to where people are going to be allows guys to maybe speed up their thinking and know uh, where guys are and, and, and then allow their individual skill and creativity to take place inside of a structure. So um, I just think it's a nice blend between letting guys, uh, you know, do their thing and, and showcase their talent and use their individual skill, but do it inside a team concept and when you can blend those things and you can add some really talented players, then I think hopefully what you're seeing is starting to, uh, starting to come to fruition. Yeah. I mean, it, it got to a point, I think, and, and we saw it first up in, uh, you know, up in Marlboro and then again down here where, you know, it, it, you could almost turn and say, okay, and in three seconds, here comes, uh, you know, here comes someone flashing in front of the net and then you could count it down and there they were. And just so many great, opportunities that result from that and i like that word creativity right and it's you know on the one hand you sometimes see teams that try to script some of that but when you can get a team that has the awareness plus the skill that creativity becomes so much more dangerous um, and that kind of leads me to another question that i had for you you talked a little bit about the the talented players on your team and you definitely have built this team of names that followers of the NCDC will certainly recognize, but then also a lot of young players as well, especially from the Skipjacks hockey club, um, which, you know, fits into this idea of cradle to college, this idea that you start with the USPHL when you're young, 15, 16, 
uh, and you work your way up through the ranks and then you get looks from NCDC teams and you move up to there. Um, so I was hoping you could talk to us a little bit about the development aspect of the Rockets and your relationship with the Skipjacks. Yeah, so twofold. Um, the it, so first uh, the relation with the Skipjacks. Um, I still own the Skipjacks, um, mm-hmm. and my my brother Jared has taken over. Co- he so he coached the our our USBHL Premier Team last year, and um, he and I had been doing the 16s and 18s together. Um, and and now obviously I'm I'm here day to day in New Jersey, and Jared does the 16s and 18s with um, another coach, Alex Doyle, who we have there, who's just a fantastic young coach. So um, so I'm still I'm not I'm obviously not involved necessarily day to day, but still kind of a, a behind the scenes uh, you know part of that program, and um, you know obviously love um, what we do there and and how they go about their business, and yeah, it was it was nice again if I wasn't there, you know, to your point, advancement, maybe, maybe I get the chance to, to advance just like the players. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the, um, to, to have been able to bring back a lot of those guys and to, to continue to play for me here at the NCDC level. Um, you know, the, the way you described it, the developmental model and to watch these guys have success, I think makes us all feel good, right? That, that this, this is working and we can continue to grow this. Um, you know, this model and, and we have not just skipjacks, we have rockets that played, you know, uh, rockets, U16 and U18 players that have moved through the program that are now onto the NCDC team. So it's great just to see guys that have gone through the USBHL youth now having a ton of success at the NCDC level, whether they were with the rockets or the skipjacks. I don't think one, one matters more than the other. So um, that, that developmental model is a big part of it. And then, just your point about how we develop here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, that's, what's really um, cool about this league and, and how it's set up. It's, it's, it really is a developmental league. So the number of games is really good. The, the, the practice to game ratio is set up for success. The Rockets have, um, you know, first and foremost, a great ownership group. So David and Ali Gibson, who, who uh, own both the rink and the team are great people that are invested in, um, making, making kids better and giving opportunities to young players to go through this process that you said, and, uh, the facility is great and they're, they're continuing to invest in it to make it even better. And, but we have, you know, we, we have the ability to do video there and, you know, we have a gym there and we have an area to shoot pox. And, um, you know, for us, you know, back to just trying to, to build a culture and what we're trying to do here with the Rockets, um, the daily training environment to me is the most important thing. Um, you know, the games are great, but those are the tests and you'll play 40, 50, whatever the, the number is throughout the season. <clears throat> but we'll be there much longer Monday through Thursday in our daily training environment. So having a culture that's first and foremost focused on development and developing them as people, developing them as students and developing them as players is really important. And that's really where our focus is right now is our daily training environment and trying to have a culture that's, that's born through science and is, um, you know, intelligently designed and taking a holistic approach to player development. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, I think the last, the last thing I want to talk about before I know Dan is, is potentially chomping at the bit over there. Um, This is the most quiet I've ever been (laughs) in my life. We're just we're just wrong. If you just can't give them time to cut in, that's the trick. Um, but I do want to I do want to ask you about that last point. I I like I'd like to hear more about this this like scientific and holistic approach to training because I think even in I mean gosh, it feels like even in the last ten years. Normally you say oh the last forty to fifty, but it feels like even in the last ten to twenty years, there's been such a revolution in the way that not only people think about, uh, you know, staying in shape and, and being fit, but specifically athletes. Um, so I, I was hoping you could talk a bit about your, what you, you know, run the players through and, and how you approach this scientific and holistic training idea. Sure. From a holistic standpoint, um, you know, our individual development plan first and foremost starts with the mind. So, um, you know, we, we spend time every single day working on the mental game um, I, I just, we think that's the foundation for success in anything you do as a person, student or a player. Um, and you know, in my experience, um, 
you know, I, I do agree with you. I think people are, are moving towards that, but you know, there used to be the, uh, you know, the 90, 10 shift where, you know, you would ask people once the puck drops, how much of the game is mental versus physical. And, you know, people would say 80, 90% of the game could be mental once the game starts. And then, you know, you ask, okay, well, what's your, what's your training percentage? And it's, well, I train five or 10% on my mind and everything physical. So we, we really try to carve out time first and foremost to, to attack and, and develop the mental game. Um, and then, so, so mental game first, and then next is, is the body. And that has a lot to do kind of where the, where the science ties in. Um, you know, again, these, whether you're, these are young student athletes. So um, for a lot of them, it might be about gaining strength, gaining speed, gaining weight. Um, all of those things are important. So just their overall athleticism and their recover, their ability to learn how to recover properly. This is a, you know, we just talked about a, we're, we're asking them to put a lot, expend a lot of energy and do a lot of work. Um, so how they recover becomes, a, you know, important part of that. And then we get into skills. They're on ice skills of, you know, stick handling, shooting and skating and passing. Um, and, and, you know, then, then we refer to it as tactics. A lot of people would refer to that as maybe hockey sense, but how they play um, away from the puck and at the puck, both offensively and defensively. And certainly their, their transitional mindset um, is an important part of that. And then you get into more of the team play stuff, such as systems and strategies. But um, so, you know, the holistic approach is certainly through that kind of developmental model from mind, body skills, tactics, um, and, and, and up the ladder. And then as it relates to, you know, a culture born of science, um, you know, it, it's really a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, managing fatigue because the season is so long and this league is so good and the games are so physically demanding. Um, you know, I think having a good understanding of, um, you know, how to manage their fatigue and how to sleep properly and nutrition and especially with what's happening in the world today, that, that stuff is even more important. To, to, to try to do everything you can to, to stay healthy and stay on the ice. Um, and we do a lot of that. Obviously there's just some, some seminars and some training on it. Um, we're, we've also partnered with a company called Kinduct that, um, you know, our guys take a daily wellness survey every day. Um, you know, how many hours they slept and um, their sleep quality and fatigue and muscle soreness and mood. Just, so, you know, we, we do have a, a system in place that we use to collect the data on the guys and then use that um, to try to really just help educate them as to, you know, making better decisions and trying to put them in the best spot. And then certainly we'll use it mostly as individuals, a little bit, maybe as a team. And, and if, if our group is tired and should be tired, maybe it's a data to do a little bit less uh, on the ice or ask a guy to do one less set in the gym or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, that's how we go about the developmental process and that that is awesome coach and literally that that stuff uh, back back in my days there when I was actually uh, in shape and it didn't hurt just to walk around a rink I mean I was I was a big George St. Pierre guy and he talked all about the mind game right I mean even at this age a lot of people don't realize that this this junior hockey age a lot of your muscle memory in this sport is is already ingraining itself in you or has been ingrained in you so that mental game that ability to play that third game of a showcase weekend, you know, the ability to, to mentally function amongst talent, speed, skill, while tired, while exhausted, while you don't have your 110% in the tank. It's so important. And it's what starts to separate guys when you get to this level of the game and these guys get their commitments and move on to division one hockey, or they move on to the professional ranks as you, as the players get bigger as you get bigger, as your talent is, is better and better, it's so important to be able to mentally stay within it. And coach, this season has been, I got to imagine just, just getting it underway for everyone around the country and, and in New Jersey as well. It's, it's been one of a kind. It's been off and on, you know, everyone's trying to figure out where they're, where they're going, when they're starting, when rinks are opening. How, I mean, the mental toughness of not just your team, but yourself and your whole organization to kind of push through this and, put together what has been a really successful product thus far. I mean, how's it gone for you so far, coach? I mean, how'd you guys kind of navigate the, the opening of the season, the exhibition, the, the, the tryouts? I mean, how'd you guys go about it all? How'd you, how'd you get to this point? You know, Dan, I want to add to what you said, because I think what you said is so important, especially if there's young players and, and parents listening to this. Yeah. Um, 
focusing on athletics is very average. Um, when, when you get to an environment like this playing at, you know, at this level, your athletic skills become common and you just can't win on athleticism alone. You are now obviously competing on trust and toughness and confidence and behavior. So, um, you know, you to, to be successful as a player at this level, you're competing on your behavior skills and behavior skills drive athletic skills. People that work on their behavior skills are the ones that are able to maximize their athletic ability. So discipline, resilience, self-awareness, trust, attitude, any of those things, um, if you want to have success at the next level, those are the things that people need to be working on. Everybody's working on their power skating, everybody's shooting pucks, everybody's in the gym. Not everybody is working on those things. So, um, you know, for young players and, and parents that are listening, I'm happy you brought that up because I think that's a that's a really, really important um, point. And, you know, also truthfully, the, um, you, you know, you, you ask about how we put this together and stuff. Um, personal growth drives team growth. So we're, there is no organizational change at the Rockets. The only thing that can change are the people. So any success that we're having already is directly attributed to the kids that are here and what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. Um, we can't change the Rockets. We can only change the people. And the, the fact that we've had some success is because the people that are here have made the decision to, you know, live discipline, uh, train with discipline and change their attitude and change their behavior. And when we can continue to grow as individuals, that's when we'll see success and growth within our team. Yeah. Yeah. Coach, I, I, I'm floored by it. I mean, it's folks at home. I mean, when, if you're listening right now and you're not getting goosebumps, just th- this is the guy you want to run through a wall for. This is the guy you want to play for right here. You want to, you want to lace them up because as a player, you know, how, how many of these young guys that I, that I talk to that might bump into on a road or we might be, they might be asking for advice throughout the season. And I always try to drive home the fact that, you know, we, you're all talented. There's so many talented hockey players. There's such a small percentage who make it to that next level of that, that whole, find that holy grail, right, and make it there. And you have to separate yourself. And, and there's different ways to separate ourselves, right? There's the 4.0 GPAs. There's the great SAT scores. There's the, the extra effort on the ice. There's a guy like Michael DiPietro who we watched this weekend who – fourth line guy absolutely big putting up big hits on guys like Kyle Mandler who I call the manhandler is a former rocket who's six foot four and looks like he's seven foot three it's the guy willing to separate himself and do something that someone else isn't in a moment and that is what you're seeing from this Rockets hockey club team if you've been watching at home folks that's what you're starting to see each and every game out there are guys out there on that ice that are willing to separate themselves and Coach, I mean, you have two guys in Finnegan Sayers and Jonathan Wesco who we watched come up with Mike Anderson's Boston Junior Bruins and immediately make an impact in a few games. And these are Skipjacks guys who you can tell the tutelage. You can tell they immediately fit in. They know exactly where to be, exactly what to do. And there's, there's no ego, right? There's no ego there. It's two guys that are willing to do what they need to do on a given shift to make happen what needs to happen, whether it's kill a penalty whether it's score a goal, whether it's uh, be the top power play unit, they'll do whatever they need to do. I mean, it, it, that's just such a big thing. Coach, can you talk to a player at home about, about setting themselves apart? I mean, how do they do it like that? How do, how do they become that Jonathan Wesco or that Finnegan Sayers? Yeah, I mean, it's the stuff you're talking about. It's, I, I think, again, just it's, it's their moment-to-moment choices. Um, we, we like to refer to it as discipline versus default. Um, but every <laughs> – Every, every day, you're literally moment to moment, have an opportunity to, to make a choice to do something um, on purpose, to do it intentionally and to do it to the best of your ability. Or, and, and we call that um, you know, discipline-driven behavior. Uh, the flip side of that is default-driven behavior. And that's when you're on autopilot. And um, you know, I, I think to your point of just young players, they, they actually... In, in today's world, they need less data. They need less tips. They need less tricks. They just need more discipline on the stuff they already know. Um, you know, a, a young player knows the difference between grabbing an apple and grabbing a pop tart. He knows the difference between water versus Sprite. 
it's not that he doesn't know this stuff. It's does he moment to moment make the disciplined choice. Uh, he knows to spend more time doing schoolwork than playing video games um, or, you know, rest, get, getting an extra 45 minutes of sleep or scrolling through his social media feed. Uh, of course, it's okay to go through the Dan K show social media feed. But then maybe <laughs> we want that. <laughs> yeah. Then maybe turn it off after that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what we're just, that's really what we're, um, you know, trying to harp on and trying to get guys, but you, you know, it, it, it might sound counterintuitive, but it's true. You, you don't need much more information. You just need to be more disciplined on the things that you already know and then watch, um, watch how your success kind of goes up from there. And that's, that would be my message to young players. And, you know, the guys you mentioned, I think are good examples of that. Um, Mike DiPietro is a new player for me. He's obviously played for the Rockets, but um, just a real treat to work with a, a really disciplined driven kid and works really hard. And, um, you, you know, hard to imagine that he's only a 2002 birth year, knowing that he'd already been in the league this year. And, um, and yeah, he's, he's playing right now on our fourth line, but I, I, you know, for us, we, 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 we have four five on five. We'll, we'll play four lines. We're a four line team. We're a four line program. And um, he makes an impact every time he goes on the rank out there. And he's been a, a, a real pleasure um, as a guy that's already been here to, to work with. And uh, Finn and Johnny are guys that we've known obviously for a long time. So I do think it helps having that prior relationship and, and just they, again, we talk a lot of skipjacks here. So there's, I think a lot of guys that understand a little bit about what our, what our vision is and, and what our, what our standards are and how we want to go about our business on a daily basis. So it does help to have those models here um, in, in terms of, and just, you know, all of us as coaches, we all have our own coach speak. We all have our own language of hockey and, and how we speak. So um, having guys in the room that have been with us before, I think does help speed up that learning curve. Love it, coach. Now I'm going to have one more question for you here. One that I ask everybody, Lucas will do his academic corner. Because we've got to remind players that the game's not just what's on the ice, it's what's off as well. So, Lucas, warm up over there. And then we'll come back for your parting words to end the show. But before we get to that, final question here of the Q&A. I ask everyone this. For the players and parents at home thinking about their next step in their junior hockey career, why choose the Rockets Hockey Club? Why is that the right place to play? Well, I can, I mean, I, I can tell you this. First – of all, before we even get to the Rockets, just the league, I think, um, is such a really good option for people. Um, 10 years ago, I was a head coach in the North American League. So I've, I've had experience working in other leagues and I've, I've been very involved in helping to, to, to pick teams at the USHL level. And, um, you know, I obviously had a lot of prior knowledge about the league just from being in it at the youth side and having so many of our former players come into this league. Um, so I knew it was good, but just now being on the inside of it, um, I, I think I was surprised as to just how good it is um, and how well it stacks up against any other tier two league uh, internationally. So, um, and then obviously just the, the footprint and the uh, geographical location of the league is such a good one for both the division one and division three levels. So uh, if you're a young player that cares about playing college hockey, then I think you would want to give strong consideration to this league and then hopefully once you've made that up, then maybe you'll consider the Rockets. Um, and for that, again, I mean, my reasons would just be first and foremost, like I said, the, the ownership group here, um, David and Ellie Gibson and their commitment to trying to build a really good program that cares about their players and wants to see them succeed um, and, and, and them investing their time, their energy, their dollars to this, I think uh, would be a reason. And then hopefully the things that we've talked about um, our our vision of being unbelievably professional about how we go about our business, um, our daily training environment and what we can provide in terms of a holistic approach to player development. And then the last thing I would say is attitude. We want to do all of that, but we want to have uh, fun doing it. And we want to, we want to be mentally tough. We want to have a great attitude. We want to have a great response to the adversity and the challenges and the obstacles that we know we're going to face. And uh, this is a game. The, the kids love it, and I hope that we can do that and, and exude joy as we're going about uh, trying to execute on our vision. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Rockets hockey club that we've always loved walking into that building in Bridgewater, and, and it's always been high-flying, fun-to-watch hockey. And there, there is just a vibe right now in that building. We walked in there. 
on Friday night and you could feel that atmosphere. You know, it almost feels like how the Tampa Bay Rays felt this year where they turned the corner on the baseball side or that young Rangers squad with John Tortorella behind the bench when they stopped being rollover guys and they started kind of blocking shots and got a, and got a mentality to them that, that they can win too. It's exciting hockey in Bridgewater. Coach, stay right there. We're going to come back for your parting words. But first, remind the parents and players the game of hockey is not just about your performance on the ice. It's about the performance in the classroom as well. And we've got an expert educator here, and it isn't me. And I am always sure to remind people that there are so many words on a daily basis that Lucas teaches me the meaning of. I still don't believe him on the whole coin being a 50-50 thing. I think if it hits head, heads twice in a row, obviously you got to go tails next. But he tells me I'm wrong. Lucas, academic corner, take it away. Dan, the basic laws of probability aside, I've got a, an academic corner here that – not flies in the face of what we talked about, but I think is an important component of what we talked about today. And coach mentioned a holistic approach to the game of hockey. And there also needs to be a holistic focus on education. You know, one of the things that I've talked about a lot is this idea of time management, this idea of scheduling, this idea of getting the things done you need to get done. If that's the way we approach, if we approach our education through scheduling, through classes, through distinct times for work, distinct times through working out for uh, athletic practice, um, for essays, for office hours, we also need to make sure we are budgeting time for nothing. Put a block of nothing in your day, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and make sure you're taking that time for you, whether it's Call of Duty, whether it's another video game, whether it's meditation, yoga, a nap, sometimes even just going on a walk somewhere with not being worried about anything. Those moments, those little 30-minute moments become so much more effective when you have the presence of mind and, and the, the clarity to know that you're not worried about something else getting done. Because if everything else is in its place, that nothing becomes extremely relaxing. So if we are going to schedule our lives, if we are going to schedule our education, then make sure you're also scheduling in a little bit of nothing to keep you grounded. Absolutely awesome. You know, Lucas, I, I always, usually it sounds like you're yelling at me when you do the academic <laughs> corner about things they should have done. But luckily this time it was not that great work from Lucas. I know your parting words are silence. So we'll take that. We'll skip your parting words and coach. We're going to go to you now for your parting words for today's show. Could you close things out for us? What are your parting words for the Dan K show? Uh, well, first and foremost, good to see you guys so, uh, so much here so often early in the season. And, um, you know, it's great to have you guys in Bridgewater for our game Friday night. And, uh, again, I really appreciate you having me on. It's always fun to talk hockey and specifically talk NCDC and Rockets and mixing a little skipjack. So, um, always welcome to come back on and, and, and be a part of it. I really do appreciate everything that you guys do uh, for our league. It's an important part. And like I said, I really have a, a ton of belief in this league and the direction they're going. And um, you guys out there helping to, to connect us with, you know, uh, current players and families, but, but maybe even more importantly, future generations of players is really important. So I appreciate you taking the time and we're just excited to, to be able to play. Obviously, as you guys said, it's a challenging year and there's going to be, I'm sure at different points, pauses for, for teams and games and just due to regulations and, and maybe some guys get sick that there's going to be some, some pauses, but we've been off to a good start. We've been, we've been able to get six games uh, under our belt and we're just really excited to be playing and um, working with guys to try to help them become the best versions of themselves as people, students and players. And, just really looking forward to, um, you know, continuing the season and getting to see all these other teams and uh, try to try to continue to grow our culture and I, our identity as a, as a program. And, you know, hopefully uh, keep this thing on the tracks and going in the right direction. Absolutely. Love it. Thanks so much, coach. And, and just so it's such a good organization there. If you want to learn more about the Rockets hockey club, head to usphl.com. Also check out that skip Jacks hockey club as well. It's that cradle to college mentality too. And like coach said, it's almost like it worked for him here. I mean, going from the skipjacks and still with the ownership group, they're still owning the skipjacks and then moving up to this Rockets hockey club and getting behind the bench and putting together what has been a winning team so far, a long way to go in the season, but an exciting start. My parting words today, 
I like to use words that kind of go along with, with our guests. And this is going to be an interesting one at first. I, I picked the word fear this week. And I was actually, I was listening to Carlos Pena talk about this Tampa Bay Rays team on the baseball side. And he talked about in 2008 when the Rays went to their first organizational World Series. They hadn't been to the postseason yet as an organization. And they went all the way to the World Series. They ran through a good Yankees team. They ran through a really good Red Sox team in the ALCS and went to the World Series before eventually losing to the Phillies in six games. But the word fear was something he talked about. And he talked about there was always this, this underlying fear of the big dogs, right? The Red Sox, the Yankees, even the Orioles with Buck Showalter behind the bench. There was always that fear that they just they, they couldn't beat those guys. You know, maybe they could sneak in as a wild card. Maybe they, those teams would have a down year. But he said, we finally stopped having that fear. And you have to realize as an athlete that fear, you know, that quicksand we get ourselves into, the more we struggle with it, the deeper we sink. You want to fight through it, you forget that fear. You lose that fear and you realize the best way to learn how to win is to win. And the Rockets Hockey Club are doing that right now. This has that feel. And, and you have the, the Jersey Hitmen, the Boston Junior Bruins. You know, those, that Jersey Hitmen team right up the road, folks, this is going to be a fun battle all year. Damon Beaver taking on Aiden Harper in net. The, the boys up in Jersey in, in the northern part facing what Lucas doesn't believe in, the central Jersey boys there in Bridgewater. It's going to be fun all season long. We hope you enjoyed listening along with us. There's going to be a lot more to come with Jason Kersner and the Rockets Hockey Club as the year goes on. We thank you for watching. We also thank you to Elite Junior Profiles, Paul Peckman and the team over there, proud sponsors of the Dan K Show and the Dan K Show Presents Junior Hockey, as well as our power rankings each week. You want to find out more about Elite Junior Profiles, you go to EliteJRProfiles.com. Get yourself seen by the next level. Also, our proud exclusive partners, friends, confidants, the USPHL, the United States Premier Hockey League, the premier experience in junior hockey. That's USPHL.com for that. You want to talk to us, www.dankshow.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at the underscore Dan K Show. When Dan K's on a mic, it is always hockey night. Thanks for listening.